If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Of elephants and rhinos. Actual rhinos, not like R-I-N-O, just rhinos. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. Strange beast, strange looking beast, the rhino. Likewise, the heffalump. How long have rhinos been around? I'm guessing millions and millions of years. Uh, yeah, I would guess so. They, they have a very dinosaur-y look about them. I know they, they have ancient uh, predecessors, yeah. uh, like, like super huge rhinos, trotted across the, uh, the American plains, the North American plains back in the day. So did uh, dinosaurs probably were the same color as like rhinos and elephants and stuff, right? Probably. Alligators? Uh, well, alligators are a different color than, than rhinos. You know what? I don't know this because I'm colorblind. That's my. Oh. Uh, that's where I'm colorblind. It all kind of looks the same kind of gray to me. Oh, yeah, interesting. What color are alligators? Uh, they run kind of a darkish, gr- blackish, greenish. Their underbellies are whitish. You know, I, I really should learn. To not weigh in on anything about color, because I don't know. Or flavor, because you're hard at tasting. Um, uh, I've got a friend who who does this sort of, sort of testing, and they got me the glasses for uh, colorblind testing, and I did it recently, and I see the world in so much less colorful a way than all you normal people do. The world is very bland looking to me compared really? to normal people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see yellows and oranges and stuff like that, and I still think a sunset is pretty, but it's not close to what it looks like for you. Wow. It's like if you take um, your iPhone or TVs back in the old days or whatever, and you just turn the color down quite a bit, there's Mm -hmm. still color there, but much less than y'all are getting. Wow, I didn't know that. You've made me sad. And if I put on glasses that bring out all the colors, like normal people see, it's just shocking to me. How colorful everything is. So it's I like those 1970s vision, basically. I mean, I'm, the color is so muted. <laughs> 1970s vision. Yeah, I have 1970s Polaroid vision. 
That's the way everything looks to me. Yeah, yeah. How interesting. Yeah. Huh. Baby alligators are striped. Um, anyway, what were we talking about? Ah, yes. Uh, elephants and rhinos. Uh, and as we are uh, recording this, I glanced at the email again, and there is virtually zero pushback to the idea that Trump had his day and it's over. Almost none. I think we had one outnumbered 500 to one saying, you guys are rhinos. And you're not even trying. Well, really when, remarkable. Well, when both my brothers have moved on from Trump, that's a major deal. Um, let's see. Uh, one buddy of mine said, uh, sticking with both of them for now. I don't think that's a thing. No, it's not. Well, okay, that's the hardest core Trump person I know, and he's kind of still sticking with them. Yeah, I'd like to engage him on his answer to my text. But anyway, telling me you're wrong. Yeah, well, he is. Oh, so this is a story from several years back, and it comments on a recent 60 Minutes broadcast of several years back. But one of our beloved listeners sent this uh, to us in reference to the story we've done a couple of times about the the dads on patrol at that high school in Shreveport, Louisiana, that was so troubled by gang violence and fights and girls and guys just battering each other and people getting arrested and young kids getting arrested. And just it was terrible. And so these dads formed a volunteer organization not to break up the fights, not to police the place, but to be rail mo- male role models on campus. To greet the kids with a smile, with a dad joke, to pat them on the back, to urge them to go to class, just to be there. And it's been amazingly successful. Kids need dads. Or other strong male role models where there can't be a dad. Anyway, this is a story about South Africa's Kruger National Park. It had too many elephants, uh, far more than the park could sustain. And so the game managers were trying to figure out what to do, and they came up with this two-prong approach. They're That's going to relo- be my band, Too Many Elephants. We're going to yeah. open, hopefully, for Cage the Elephant. Yeah, well, I hope so. Um, I love Cage. Uh, so uh, they came up with a two-prong approach. Probably ought to be a two-tusk approach, really. Um, relocate some of the herd to a different game park and sadly kill off some of those elephants that were too big to transport. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, well, they were going to die of hunger or, or be poached or whatever, or killed by villagers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so that's what they did, except the report on 60 Minutes start, uh, started with a more recent crisis, the unexplained slaughter of white rhinos. And we'll get back to the elephants in a minute. But the first thought was it had to be poachers killing the rhinos. 39 white rhinos, a tenth of the herd in this uh, the park that the elephants were transferred to. Um, it was a tenth of their entire herd, but then they realized, no, they got all their tusks. They got all their horns. That's why poachers kill rhinos mm-hmm. for their horns. One theory after another was explored and dismissed until finally game wardens tranquilized and tagged some of the rhinos so they could be more easily tracked, and they set up a bunch of video cameras. Here's what they found. Young bull elephants were harassing the rhinos for no apparent reason, throwing sticks at them, menacing them, chasing them over great distances, and finally stomping them to death. Moreover, these now teenage members of the elephant group that had been transported from the first park were being led by a handful of particularly bad actors, and they named some of them 
Um, they got a bunch of videotape of them. Several instances of chasing white rhinos, marauding, aggressive interaction with the tourist vehicle. Um, another one of the young, tough uh, bull elephants. Um, they called them street gang leaders. The park officials did. Once spent uh, seven straight hours harassing rhinos and a week later attacked members of the same rhino herd. This young bull had to be shot. And in a scene evocative of too many inner city tableaus, um, this bull elephant's younger sister refused to leave her fallen brother. But other members of the adolescent elephant gang ran away into the, 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 the forest. Elephants' social patterns and family patterns are, are so interesting and so somewhat human. But anyway, but according to Bob Simon, 60 Minutes, back in the day, the rangers and scientists detected a pattern. The young, sexually active bulls suffered from what they described as an excess of testosterone, were becoming increasingly violent. Indeed, it seemed for a time that more of them might have to be killed. Then last year, somebody got the bright idea of bringing some older, mature bull elephants to that park. Perhaps the bigger, stronger males could rein in the teenagers. They figured out how to bring the big bull elephants, and the gamble paid off for reasons that are both obvious and subtle. The bigger bulls, establishing the natural hierarchy, became the dominant sexual partners for the females. And the resulting reduction in sexual activity on the part of the young bulls also lowered their testosterone levels, reduced their violent behavior. But perhaps more importantly, the young bulls started following the older bulls around, obviously enjoying the association with the adult males yielded to their discipline, learned from them proper elephant behavior, and even the once evil first young tough bull elephant that we talked about stopped harassing the rhinos. They needed male role models to show them how to act. That's pretty damned interesting. You know, people aren't elephants and elephants aren't people. That's a good when somebody right comes there. to me and, and says, you know, there are gay penguins. I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> but the idea that we're the only beast on Earth that doesn't need role models, doesn't need a little nudging in the right direction. That we can just blow up the family structure that's existed for millions of years? And or that there's not a difference between the role that males play and females play in the raising of the next generation? You know, it doesn't get into male elephants that have decided they're female elephants and therefore give birth. Oh, that's right. That's impossible. But, yeah. Well, by referring to them as male elephants, you probably misgendered several of them, which is a hate speech. <laughs> I've misgendered the transgenderfence. Genderfence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just thought that story was, uh, was moving. Yeah, it is. I coached. You coached wow. elephants? Can I get an amen? No, I, I've coached many young men. And, and I've actually coached many young women, too, young girls. Um, and... The, the thing about boys is that they are, in many cases, uncarved diamonds. And you don't want to carve too aggressively because you just don't. But boys generally, you know, the old coaching uh, sayings, cliche, it's easier to slow them down than to speed them up. Boys generally have excessive qualities that later will serve them beautifully. 
a kid who's going to be a leader later in life is more than occasionally over the top as a kid. Kid who's going to be assertive is a pain in the ass as a kid. Um, I'm trying to come up with other qualities. A kid who's going to be funny sometimes needs to learn when to shut up. Um, that hurt. Uh, yeah, well, I, I got a mirror in front of me. Um, that's the way it is with boys. They're so exuberant. They're so energetic. They're so loud. But that's the way they're supposed to be. They need role models, male role models, and nurturing women, 100%. But they need male role models who can chip away gently at that diamond and sometimes kick it in the ass, frankly. That's Whether they're heffalumps or humans. That's good stuff. Well, I guess that's it. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.